Coming up is a throwback episode with the king of reskinning and app flipping, Carter Thomas. I wanted to replay this episode because I know a lot of you in the audience really credit Carter for getting into the app space. So I thought it would be a good time to go down memory lane of the golden age of reskinning apps. Stay tuned. The most action-packed content from the top mobile experts. This is the App Masters Podcast with Steve P. Young. See why Sony has increased their click-through rates by 5% and subscription by 10% since integrating Clever Tap. They've got analytics and engagement tools to really help grow your user base and subscribers. Check them out at clevertap.com. For just one low monthly price, you will discover our greatest growth hacks to driving massive downloads. You can learn more on appmastersacademy.com. Welcome to the Mobile App Chat Podcast. I am your host, Steve P. Young, and I've got an awesome, awesome guest for you today. His name is Carter Thomas, and he's the king of reskinning and app flipping. Carter, I'm super excited to have you on the show, so welcome yeah. to the show. Yeah, man. No, I'm glad to be here. Thanks for having me. Carter, I like to start off every show with some download numbers. Do you mind sharing the download numbers across all your apps? Sure, sure. Um, so from the beginning, I think um, the number is somewhere around 15 million downloads, give or take. Um, that's across iOS, Mac Store, Google Play, Amazon, a little bit of Windows, and a few weird tests I did on like Samsung and BlackBerry and all that. But uh, uh, yeah, so that's kind of the aggregate. And then today, like, you know, um, on any given day in whatever, 2014, I would say uh, it's anywhere from like 25 to 50,000 downloads a day is what I, what I look at. And that changes based on the weekend. It changes based on when I'm launching new stuff or if I'm pushing anything with traffic. But that's kind of the, the ballpark I, I'm landing in uh, right now. Nice. And are you seeing most of that from the iOS? And, and then like, what's what's second place? Because sometimes I hear Kindle being second place, but sometimes it's Google Play. And yeah, um, for me, I actually get the most traffic from Google Play, even oh, though yeah? I have like, I, have, I probably have like twenty percent of the apps there. I get massive traffic on Google Play, um, just because you know some are bigger, better apps. Amazon and Kindle have amazing users; like they monetize like crazy. But there's just not very many of them. So I would say, you know, maybe five to 10% of the traffic is from Amazon. But, and the, you know, it accounts for maybe 30 or 40% of the revenue, which is crazy. Wow. So um, Amazon's been a really interesting experiment. And I, I'm really bullish on Amazon. It's just so small that it's hard to, it's hard to really sink your teeth into it. Um, and then iOS accounts for pretty much everything else. Yeah. Yeah. And, you know, you come from a background of internet marketing and, you know, what made you get into the apps and then specifically in app flipping as well? Yeah. The, the reason I got into it, into apps, I was working with this guy. So I was working in a startup for, for a few years and I met this consultant in our lunch breaks. He was a super programmer and he just, but he couldn't, like, he didn't have the ideas and he didn't know the business and he just didn't see the marketing side of things. And so we would go out on lunch breaks and we'd come up with these crazy app ideas. He'd program them. I'd do a little design and then I'd come up with like the marketing side of it. And we were starting to put out these like one-off apps. Like he would, it was all under his name. And after a certain point, I was like, this is actually pretty cool. And I think that there's something to this. 
Um, and so I left my job. I started doing internet marketing, uh, kind of put apps on the back burner. And then um, about 10 months later, I just said, you know what? I'm sick of having, I'm sick of having clients. I'm sick of getting phone calls in the morning. And I was working for lawyers and they were great guys. I really like these guys, mm-hmm. but they're lawyers, right? Like they, they, they like, Hey, I got a typo on my blog. Like, what <laughs> right. And that wasn't really what I was into. So that's how I got into apps. I just said, Hey, I want the freedom. I want the, the, the idea of more passive income where I own assets as opposed to contracts. And then, uh, the reskinning thing happened because I was building websites, and when I built the websites, I realized that if I went and bought like a template, like on ThemeForest or or whatever, like you know any of those WordPress themes, I could make a website way cheaper and way faster, and it was usually a lot better than if I tried to do it myself or hired someone to do it from scratch. And that thinking just opened up this idea of buying a, a common template source code. And then um, putting new graphics on it and really focusing on the marketing side and the content because um, on the internet, that's what it's all about. And I kind of saw that that's where mobile was going. So that's how the reskinning, that's how that kind of model was was born. So what did you do Like when you said, all right, I'm going to do apps? What's that first step that you take? Mm-hmm. Um, so the first step I took is I, um, I hired a company uh, – like a rent, I went on Elance and Odesk and all that. I hired a company. And I was just like, build me a template. Like a, it was like a template where I could like put new images in. And it was kind of like a, uh, a catalog type of iPad. And I had this idea that I was going to create some like cocktail app where you could like, I could just take some pictures of cocktails and put them in the app. And it would be really easy to do, like easy to manage with the database. So I hired this company and did all this. And then I got all the Xcode back with very little instruction. And they were like, um, here you go. Like <laughs> your app. And what I didn't anticipate was the amount of, uh, learning that I got from that. And so this was supposed to be like a side project for me while I was doing the whole lawyer thing. Yeah. And it ended up becoming like the learning experience of a lifetime. What happened after that is, um, I went and I, I decided I want to get into games because that's where all the money was. And I found this one guy, this developer, and licensed his source code, and it was kind of a new way to new way of thinking to convince him to license source code, and it was a lot of money for me. I mean, it was like twelve or thirteen thousand wow. dollars to this game, uh, and that to me was like how I'm going to dive into apps. Like, I I was at a point where I knew that if because I was making a good living doing the lawyer thing, and I was like, if I don't really put something on the line here, where mm. if I fail, this is going to be a serious problem for me. Um, I knew I wouldn't get that mindset of like urgency or like even just like this has to happen type of thing. Right. So that's pretty much what I did. I just talked to him and he's like, here's how much it's going to cost. Uh, I went ahead and just like did it and the rest is history. So, wow, that's crazy. So you knew going in that you wanted to do sort of this app flipping stuff where you look for something that was working. And then you'd buy the code and then you would kind of modify it. Yeah. And that the first catalog app really taught me a lot because I was sitting there and I was like, why the heck am I trying to build this from scratch? Right. I just spent the last year building, like doing websites and the winning, I never wanted to build them from scratch. Like I never made a lot of money doing that. And after I did that catalog one, I was just like, there's just no way I could ever imagine looking at one of these nice games and building it from scratch. Like I would go crazy. I can't deal with all those details and like 
tweaking, like that's just not me. And I was just like, if I can find a way to make everyone money here, it's just going to make a lot more money. And so I, or it's going to make a lot more sense. So that's what I did. Um, and so I went into it, not really knowing what reskinning was or how this was going to shake out or what was going to happen. But I knew that there's no way that I could possibly deal with like wireframing and doing like, hey, level one, here's your power. Like, right. oh my, like I would go crazy doing that. And what were you seeing from that developer, that first code that you licensed out? What kind of game was it? And what were you seeing from that game that made you want to buy or license the code? It was uh, an arcade game. Um, it was like, uh, it looked like, you know, you, you've got the, like you're the plane and you move back and forth and you're always shooting like the enemies coming at you. It's like a vertical scroller type thing. It's called Alpha Combat. And the reason I decided to do that is two reasons. For first one is it was really successful. His original one. Uh, in 2009, went to like top three overall. It had a huge, really, really good metrics on the back end. Uh, and it was a solid game. It was, it was really well built. The second was that this guy, um, he was actually, uh, he was on, he had a website for it. And part of the website was like, hey, if you ever want to do a business deal about this app, let me know. And when I saw that, I realized that this guy understood, like maybe not what I was exactly thinking about, but mm-hmm. I understood that he was like open to talking about this type of situation, and he was. And so um, that's that was a big reason because I talked to about 100 developers who all told me to get lost because they were like, you're trying to steal my game and like this is going to screw me over. And they didn't understand that it was a win-win, and this guy did. So that was a huge part of it. Oh, so you were reaching out to a bunch more people. It wasn't like, hey, this is the first guy I contacted, and he said yes. <laughs> it's all- yeah. yeah, I was, I was uh, you know, cold emailing, cold calling everyone in the store I could find just being like, Hey, I got this cool idea. What do you think? And most of them were just like, yeah, right, dude. Like, even if they weren't making any money, they just, they're not marketers. They don't think that way. And that's fine. It was just, that's just kind of how, how it went. You know, I'm, I'm coming around to this reskinning stuff. Cause I'm, I think we have similar backgrounds. I, I, work, I used to work for a startup and I was always in internet marketing. And a part of me has this like, philosophy that you know the tech guys they're like the product guys like i want to build something beautiful it's an original idea and this is it and then you know there's the other side which is sort of like you and me it's like you know i want to figure out like whatever makes money is where i sort of want to be at (laughs) but like i'm trying to come right in the middle of it but like i don't know i I struggle with this a Mm -hmm, a bit mm -hmm. yeah no i i'm i'm right there with you man because it's uh i want to be proud of my work right but i also want to focus on the business more than the apps and that's taken me a while to get to. Um, I love, I love being in mobile, and I love being a part of this marketplace. And like, I think it's really cool everything we're doing. But I'm not the guy. Like, I don't want to test an app. I don't really play games that much. Like, I'm not into the actual apps themselves as much as I am into creating winning models and like, like putting pieces together that work to make things happen. Uh, that's what I'm really into. And so I, I, I totally hear you because I don't want to be feel like or be seen as like a, a spammer or whatever you want to call it. But I also don't want to sit down and like nurture one app and like, tr- like get so like obsessed with it almost um, and get lost in the, you know, the quote unquote like beauty and tech of it all. <laughs> right. right. Yeah. It's, I think reskinning is allows you to be a little more flexibility within that spectrum. Right. Well, I talked to, I interviewed Paul from Tweetbot and, you know, you could tell his passion come through and this is his 
baby, you know, like this is it. And I'm like, well, you know, I want that too. But a part of me understands that I've had different babies, right? Like I've built apps where I'm like, this is my baby. This is my baby. And it's, nobody knows about this baby. And right. so I'm like, I got to figure out the business side of things a little bit more and not be so on one side of the spectrum. Yeah. And that, that's a really good point. I mean, I think that it's, it's really amazing when you have something like that and you're like, okay, this is my, I put all my energy into this. This is my baby. And if it's successful, it's, it's the greatest thing in the world. Right. It, it makes you feel like you are just the best. But if it fails, you're like, you know, it is, <laughs> you know, I mean, you can, you can imagine you're like, I can't believe that. And that's, that's kind of what happened with that first app of mine. Like I put everything I had into that, like financially, mentally, emotionally, and the thing just didn't do well at the beginning. Like it, like it just flopped at the beginning. And I have never in my life felt what I felt. Because it wasn't even like sad or depression. It was just like, I, I can't believe that all the stuff that I, I read about and believed about like mindset and like just pushing hard. And like, if you really want it to happen, it's going to happen. I couldn't believe that like I did all of that and it still didn't work. Right. And I was just like, Ugh, I was so frustrated. Right. Well, you know, like, and I just started getting into it because a listener of mine put together this course for reskidding an app, and it's a really basic pinball machine. And I'll share with you some early metrics. And I found that, you know, there's this term that I was really ranking well for, and there's only two apps out there. And I built this other app that has some ads in it as well. And from like a downloads perspective, the reskin is doing much better. Like the one I focused on and built, like I spent maybe like $2,000 on this app. And from a monetization standpoint, like it does nothing. But this reskin that I spent like no money on really is like, I know it's just, it's not much money that I'm making from the ads, but at the same time, it's like double what I was, when I'm making from the 2000 and I spent, you know, 2000 hard earned and like I mocked everything up. Uh, yeah. And that's, dude, that's exactly why like i think reskinning is such a great model uh not only is it built on like economics but it's built on profits right so like you can spend a ton of money and a ton of effort on apps and um it can like generate some money but that's not going to be profit if you spent twenty five thousand dollars on something mm -hmm. even if it makes two thousand dollars a month like you got a while till you make that money back whereas with a reskin if you spend a couple hours on one it costs you a couple hundred bucks you can make that money back in a matter of weeks or days even, and you can replicate that process over and over. And that becomes like a much more profitable business than like, even if there's more gross revenue coming in on the, on the other one, right. like the reskins allow you to cut your costs so deeply that it can be a small amount of money and still be profitable, which is why I think it's such a powerful model. Well, let's get into it. And I know the listeners are probably begging to hear about your insights on like what people, some of the mistakes that I want to, that people, beginning reskinners make. And so, you know, I just got into it. What's a big mistake that, you know, you would say to beginning reskinners like me and say, here, here's what you need to focus on. Mm -hmm. um, so one of the biggest mistakes I think is spending too much money um, on like, the, so what I mean by that is I get a lot of people who, um, if they buy a source code, they'll respond to me on Facebook or on the comments or whatever. And they'll be like, I bought this code. And then I, you know, I really want to add like these nine additions to it. And so I hired a guy and I spent 800 bucks like tweaking all these things, blah, blah, blah. And I launched it and it didn't do, it's not getting any downloads. And I'm like, all right, like I hear you, like 
that's that's great. But the first lesson here is like, don't tweak it if it's not broken. Like the the number one thing to do when you when you're starting off is literally just get it in the store. Like you don't need to wow anybody. All you got to do is just get stuff in there, and the source codes are sold, ready to go. They just need to get redesigned. And I think that so that's a big mistake is people like they see something, they want to differentiate it, they want to make it better. And that's great. And that actually does work um, down the road. But when you're just starting off, just just do the base, like the, as little as possible as you need to do just to get it in the store. And, you know, like your example, often that's going to do better than the one you think is like right. the next greatest thing. So I think that, that that's a huge one. Um, I think that there's a lot of people that they don't give it enough time. So I think a, a mistake would be like, they think that in the, the first three apps that they make or reskin, it's going to be like, a pro, like it's all, it's automatically going to start making them profits. It's they're going to make money right off the bat, and sometimes that does happen, which is awesome. Um, but most of the time, what happens is that you're going to build five or six designs, and it can be the same app or you know slightly different app. But it's going to take a little bit of time to build up enough of a of a traffic base to make real revenue come in. And it's it, it's not a necessarily an overnight process. This can take a couple months sometimes to get that engine going. But the good news is once you get that momentum going, it's really easy to keep scaling up and just keep adding to that that pot. So I think a big a big mistake people get is like impatience almost. Like they think that because this model is built on speed and it's a little different, that um it's it, you know it's it's always going to be every every situation is going to be a winning profitable app project and I mean I know from my own experience like that's definitely not how it works um, so I think that those two are, are things that I definitely see a lot of how do you select the theme because that's what the problem that I have sometimes like I see this I see the source code that I really like and I'm like hmm like what theme do I put on this thing how do you decide yeah so. <sighs> So there's two pieces to that. Like there's there's the um, the game itself. So um, like the gameplay, which is typically like the category that it would be in. So let's say you have a puzzle game versus a casino game. Like that is that is two buckets, right? And then the second tier of that theme choice is like what are your keywords going to look like? You know, what uh, are you going to do? Dragons or are you going to do Smurfs? Like I don't know, right? And I think a lot of people confuse that. So they might buy a, a slots game and or a puzzle game and try to brand it to capitalize on slots traffic. Or they might buy a slots game and try to capitalize on, you know, um, cl- Candy Crush Saga traffic. Like it's, and that's a little bit of a crossover. You want to stick to the core gameplay. And so to answer your question, the best way to pick a theme is you go and you, fi- you do a lot of keyword research and you find keywords that you can capitalize on and then you reverse it back to the the core gameplay that you want to find so let's say you you find the source code and let's say it's a puzzle game and you're like what how should i theme this the best way to do that is to go find keywords that are wide open that are are within that puzzle category not within the whole app world like you can't take a puzzle game and sell traffic to um like a dating app or or a um, clash of clans necessarily, but you can to a big puzzle game if there's k- keywords that work on that or you can monetize to that. Mm. So 
The short answer to your question is that it all comes down to what keywords do you want to capitalize on? And the second piece is making sure that you keep, you stay true to your gameplay. So if you buy a slot machine game, don't try to advertise, don't try to theme it to a top grossing game that's not a slot machine or, or a casino game. It's just, it, you'll get some traffic residually off that, but it's going to be like really low install rates and you'll get okay revenue just because they can bid so much. But you're going to make way more money if you get, if you like theme it as like, um, you know, a regular Vegas, whatever style, and you just nail it on the keywords. You write a really good description, have a killer icon. It's going to do a lot better for you than trying to like match the theme like identically. Because at this point, you know, there's a million, over a million apps in the store. The theme itself is going to be really hard to like totally nail right off the bat, as opposed to the keywords and icon, all that. You can do a lot better. I remember this blog post that you wrote and you were going on Twitter saying like there was a lot of, I guess it went viral in a way where you're talking about like the different nag screens and why it works so well. Like, you know, when you first launched the app, you have the nag screen and then I think it was something afterwards, you have another one and Mm -hmm. you were saying you're getting a lot of slack from it. And what I started noticing on some of the newer games that I've been trying out is like that particular model that you were just writing about was like, it's everywhere now. It's insane how much it's like, I was like, oh, wow, this is what Carter was writing about. This is insane. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So I think um, what you're talking about is like the double, yeah. the double popping. Yeah. And so, yeah, I started doing that by accident, actually. This happened, uh, I don't know, about a year and a half ago. I, I completely didn't realize I was putting in the double nag screens, but I was looking at my revenue and I said, wow, this is, this is doing really, really well. This is, this is sweet. And what I realized is that um, often, especially outside of the U.S. and even like so the, the, in ad networks, the top four countries are the U.S., the U.K., Australia, and Canada. And when you, even when you get out of the U.S., like the fill rate on these ads on most of these networks plummets a lot. Right. It, it, it can be anywhere from 30 percent to 90 percent. Sometimes it can be 99 percent, but it's typically it fails a lot. And so what I was finding is that not only like most people that were downloading the games actually weren't seeing both of those ads. They were only seeing one. But before I was putting in both um, the fill rate on the on one ad network would aggregate maybe be 60 percent. But when I double popped it, the other one had a completely different fill rate uh-huh. and only get shown. So in essence, I was actually getting my true revenue from these ads before I even realized it. And so when I put these both in, yeah, Americans and some other people in like countries with a lot of money, um, we would see both of them and it would be pretty annoying. But in most other countries in the world, they'd only see one, if, if anything, because they just couldn't see the fill rate. Uh-huh. Um, and so that's how I started doing it. And now um, there's ways to, to mediate that because you can... You can do backfill rates with like different ad libraries and all that sort of stuff, but that's kind of how it all all came about, and it was it was kind of a great a great little mistake that I made. Yeah, it's funny because it's it's like I saw this on some really popular titles. Like I forget what what it was, but it was on my my son was playing around with his some of his apps. I think it was maybe Angry Birds. But it was a really popular title. I was like, whoa, <laughs> this is insane! Like everybody's doing this now. It's crazy. Yeah, it it, it like. It's unbelievable too. Like, um, I mean, I, I, I'm good friends with a lot of these ad networks and a lot of these big gaming companies out in San Francisco mm-hmm. and just talking to them. I mean, they are, I wouldn't say that they're following in the footsteps of like indie developers that are kind of doing this sort of thing, but they're 
I mean, they're reskinning major games now. Like that's right. their big core business model. They're using publishing networks, and they're like, yeah, they're double popping ads because it just it's the best way to get the the biggest fill rate and like to guarantee inventory. And right. It's it's these kind of models that they just you know there's it's hard to deny they just work you know. Yeah, and it's kind of difficult now with you know, no one no one really wanting to pay for ads now. I mean, pay for apps now that it's like. You have to come up with different monetization channels. And I was recently playing Angry Birds Go. My son was playing with it, and I was like, "Wow, you know, like they've they've hit on some themes that were sort of like Clash of Clans style, and like they just focused on some of the, you know, like retention rates. Like the birds get really low in energy, and you have to wait, and sort of like Clash of Clans, where you have to wait again to yep. like play again. And it's like it's crazy what's happening right now. It is, man. Like the. The number one thing when you go into these gaming studios, like the only thing they talk about is lifetime value and just like retention and how do we keep people around? Because with so much competition and there's so much, so many choice, like if you can get a game and you can retain users, um, it's just, it's, it's absolute gold. At the same time, the users you can't retain and you can't monetize after, let's say 30 days, these guys just don't care. They'll just, be, they'll say, hey, just load them with ads, just hit them. Just, they're never going to buy anything like nothing's ever going to happen. And so they just advertise the hell out of them. Cause if we can make three bucks on them by selling their traffic to candy Crush saga, like that's fine by us. And it doesn't matter if it's a small game or a massive game, that's what they're all doing. So, I mean, you you talk to these guys at like places like Playhaven, a big ad network, Mm -hmm. and they built out full analytics tools specifically for big games to do this. So that you can really segment your users and say, hey, if they play the game 15 times and they haven't bought any currency, they're probably not going to buy anything. But you can serve them a free game that's exactly targeted to how they play. Ah. Well, that's kind of where, where it's all going. Um, and that's, that's why you're going to see bigger games using publishing and ad networks a lot more than you, tr- you traditionally would. Are you helping them with some consulting? or <laughs> A lot of it is um, – so I'm a big, big uh, – I love just – like talking to guys and stuff like that. So I'll take these guys out to coffee or lunch or whatever. I'll call them up and just like the account managers or whoever, the business development guys and just say, Hey, here's everything I'm doing. Like here's all the projects I'm working on. Here's where I think things are going. And I'll say, um, here's what, here's what we're working on. Here's what's cool. Like here are the new projects we've got going on. Um, and it tends to be like these really informative meetings where I, I just learned so much about like massive games, like, top grossing games and, and, you know, obviously not details that all the good stuff that I wish I could learn, but <laughs> yeah, it's cool. I, I try to do that a lot with ad networks and I try to do that a lot with, um, with big games around, at least in San Francisco that I can call up and say, you know, I'm a marketer. I just, I would love to hear what you're doing and, uh, I can help you and share everything that I've learned. So, yeah, no, I mean, that's what I learned from just doing the interviews is if, if I share a little bit, the guest tends to share a little bit too. And if I share some of my fears and here's what I'm go- going through, you, you know, the other side, they tend to open up a little bit more too. So I like yeah, that approach. Yeah, it's, it's the only way to really like, you know, especially in a place like San Francisco where people are either like, <clears throat> they hold it really close to their chest or they're a complete open book. <laughs> yeah, exactly. And, and it all depends on, on just that level of um, comfort and trust. And so I think if you go in and you say, hey, even if you don't have a whole lot, if you don't think you have a whole lot to offer, if you walk in and say, hey, here's everything I'm doing, here's some of my secrets, thank you for your time, they'll come back and say, hey, like, what do you want to know? Like, We'll tell you, you know, we'll, we'll make this work for both of us, um, which has been really helpful for 
for a lot of people, I think. Yeah. So, Carter, what, what's one source code that we should look at from your site if we're just starting off? And there's one that I really like that I, I'm going to get, but I'll let you take it off. <laughs> oh, man, that's a good question. Um, I've, so, yeah. Well, the, the one that I've been looking at is the, the flow-free one. The jellyfish, because I yeah. saw your emails during the twelve day of the the twelve days thing, and it was like, yeah, check out this app, and I was like downloading it. I was like, oh wow, and I was playing with it. And I was like, this is actually really fun. Like, yeah. I, I really like this app. Yeah, that's a good. Like, I definitely, I think that that's one of the best. Um, it's easy to reskin. It's a it's an addictive theme, and you can make a lot of them very quickly, which I think is great. Um, I think that there's there's certain apps. So like that one's really good, especially if you want to like. If you don't know a whole lot about code or graphics or whatever, and you want to get in there, um, there's a lot of different ways to um, reskin that and learn about that. So I think that that's a big piece is people who want to learn things like that. And the the simpler apps, the the Austin's got a few, um, like the Simon Says one, you know, things like that, where it's like a hundred dollars. You'd be like, I'm just going to learn how to do this. Um, I think if you want to try to take it, take on a project yourself, you know, more about the coding. There's um, developers like Alex who does uh, like the, the, the guess the pick one. Um, he also works on the party slots code with me. Um, those guys and like Kevin, they all do like amazing support. And so you'll buy that. And then you'll also be like given email access to them and you can get in their private Facebook groups and be able to like connect with them and like the other people that have purchased the code and ask questions and things like that. So I think that that's a huge, uh, a huge benefit. I think that the uh, the casino category games tend to <clears throat> like make the most money. I think that they're also really competitive now. I think that there's a lot of people producing casino apps, which is fine. But um, anecdotally, the the people that have re- uh, gotten into the casino categories um, tend to make the most money, at least off the bat. Um, whereas some of the more advanced codes, like the the Viva Stampede one, if you, like the the money can be, it's good. It can just it'll last a lot longer. It can might be a twelve month window as opposed to like <clears throat> big launch, make a ton of money, and then move on. Awesome. Let's take a quick break to thank our sponsor, Ninety Nine Designs. You know the problem with finding great designers? It's actually us. We don't know exactly what we want. That's why I love Ninety Nine Designs. They have a community of over 225 graphic designers there to help you get what you need. Here's how it works. Tell 99designs what you need and dozens of designers from their community will submit designs created just for you. Give the designers your feedback to help them refine their designs and then select and pay for your favorite. At 99designs, you get anything from icons to buttons to your entire mobile app designed at 99 designs you can start your next graphic design project for as low as 199 so go visit 99designs.com slash chat and get a power pack services for absolutely free that's 99designs.com slash chat and now back to the show well carter this has been absolutely amazing but let's go to the big finish what is your favorite mobile app (laughs) my favorite mobile app um I would say, honestly, I would probably put Uber up there. Um, and if, if people don't know what Uber is, it's a, it's, I guess it's like a taxi alternative. It's a car service <coughs> where um, you, pl- you put your place down and the car comes and picks you up, drives you wherever, 
and you get out and there's no, no money transacted or anything. My buddy came to visit a few weeks ago from, he lives in uh, like Asp or Telluride, Colorado, like the middle of the mountains. And it just blew his mind. <laughs> um, just, <clears throat> I also like Uber because um, I, I went and talked to a lot of guys over at Cisco, um, the massive you know network company, and they bought a company called Meraki. And I learned a lot about how Uber's built and like the enterprise backend of it all. And it's really, really cool how it's all built. And um, it's, there's so much analytics and it's, it's really advanced. I really love that. I think that that's really cool. So I put Uber up there. Um, yeah, there's like, like Kingdom Rush I thought was a great game. I mean, I still think it's a great game. It's kind of like a tower defense game. Mm-hmm. Um, I love that game. And yeah, I mean, I guess just Instagram, something like that. You know, it's <laughs> fan favorite. Yeah, I guess I guess those would be. I don't actually. Uh, I try not to use my my phone too much, but when I do, like those are the ones that I definitely dig. Yeah, I was on a business trip one time, and I you know got landed in Boston. I pulled pulled up an Uber. As I was in Uber, I pulled up Hotel Tonight to book my hotel, and I was like, "What? <laughs> you know, like I'm doing all this on my phone. This is amazing." Oh, that's the other one. I would say Airbnb, especially yeah. their new uh, redesigned app. That app. Uh, I I use it all. I love Airbnb. I think it's an amazing service. Yeah, I do too. So, Car, just for fun, give us a half baked idea for an app. Something you wouldn't mind someone else working on. Um. Yeah. Okay. So. So here's an idea. So when I was um. So like the last month or a month and a half, I went around the world. I did an around the world trip, and I built an app, like a very rudimentary app, for the trip. Um, and what it was is the ability to create an app that um, <clears throat> the people you were traveling with could all share photos and upload to a public-facing website and um, share it on different networks and caption it and do lots of different stuff. It also had the ability where you could invite people to join your network. So um, I met a handful of backpackers and, and whoever else in different cities and countries around the world, and I I would get their email address and send them a link to the, like it was an enterprise app, so you couldn't get on the store. And then they would download it. And whenever they would upload a picture, it would get tagged on this map around the world. Mm. And the, the image would get uploaded to our like trip gallery. And this, this app was like something I, you know, I had a team built in like a couple of weeks. So it's very basic, but everyone we talked to was like, Oh my gosh, this would be so cool. If you could create like these, uh, an app that allowed, group travel to happen and then layer on stuff like curation. So you, you build in something like a Foursquare where uh, wherever you are, you can tie it into the network and the experience that you're having and then be able to share that with people. Um, and, you know, it can kind of go any way you want. But the core of it, I think that there's a huge opportunity to like if you're going to go somewhere with your friends, even if it's like a trip to, you know, you're going to go skiing for the weekend, if you can have a, a a way for you and your friends or your and your family to all have one app where you can all share your experience together. And then after the trip, you can all look back on this website that you guys built by all contributing photos and content. Um, I think that there's something definitely there. I also think that that's a huge opportunity. People would go to a company like Airbnb or Virgin America or any big brand and say, look, this works. This is a cool idea. Um, why don't you put your name on this or why don't you help us sponsor this? Um, and I think that that's a huge, a huge opportunity in the app market as well. So anything in that, in that uh, kind of travel sharing category, I think is, uh, is the way to do it. 
I love your thinking. You're like, here's the app and then go find the other company that, that makes sense for this app. <laughs> Carter, what advice would you give anyone looking to build a mobile app? Uh, my advice to anyone building a mobile app uh, would probably be be very clear about your goals from the start. So, I, you know, just talking, you know, what we were talking about at the beginning, my goals at the beginning, not afraid to say it, like, I just wanted to make money. Like, that's what it was. I wanted the freedom, financial freedom. I didn't want to work for anyone anymore. That's why I got into apps. And because of that, I have absolutely no problems with anything that I was doing with reskinning. And obviously I was doing it responsibly, but, you know, I, I didn't feel bad about anything. I know a lot of people that want to, they, they have a hard time realizing what their goals are. Like some people want to build an app that they're really proud of. Some people want an app that they're going to use. Some people just want a hobby. Um, and if you're not very clear about that, you're going to drive yourself insane because, you know, it's just going to get really complicated for you. So my number one advice is just be, you know, sit down for a day or two and just be very clear with yourself, be very honest with yourself and just you know, make sure that you follow those rules because it's going to make a huge difference uh, moving forward. And if the audience wants to learn more about you and your products, where would they go? Uh, go to bluecloudsolutions.com. Um, that's my blog. And I've got a bunch of information there, source code, stuff like that. Over the next probably <clears throat> three months, um, we're going to put a lot, of, uh, a lot of work back into that. I'm going to start writing a ton more. Uh, I think there's going to be some design changes and We'll have a lot more products and overhaul and like ebooks for free and stuff like that to download. Nice. Um, yeah, check it out. Sign up for the newsletters and stuff like that. And um, that's the best way to do it. Yeah, go check out that ebook. I actually went through all of it and there's a great piece on marketing and I'll leave it as a teaser. But I love the, it was like, it was really well done. And so if you, I'd recommend anyone go checking out that ebook that Carter has that you can sign up for his newsletter. It's it's well worth the the read. Carter, thank you so much for taking the time to do this. Yeah, thank you, man. It's my pleasure. And thank you all for listening. We'll see you at the next chat. Thanks for listening to the App Masters podcast. For show notes and amazing app marketing content, check out appmasters.co.